0: CHAPTER THREE OF TURNS ABOUT TOWN BY ROBERT CORTEZ HOLIDAY THIS LibriVox RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. CHAPTER THREE QUEER THING ABOUT UNDERTAKERS' SHOPS QUEER THING, THAT, ABOUT UNDERTAKERS' SHOPS? I DON'T REMEMBER TO HAVE BEEN STRUCK BY UNDERTAKERS' SHOPS IN SAN FRANCISCO. MAYBE THEY HAVE NONE THERE, BECAUSE, AS YOU'LL SEE, IT'S A QUEER THING ABOUT THEM. Now, in Indianapolis, undertaking is a very fashionable affair. People there, apparently, want class in the matter of being finally disposed of. They believe, evidently, with the author of the popular little idol, Urn Burial, that man is a noble animal, splendid in ashes and pompous in the tomb. The most aristocratic street in that city is named North Meridian Street. A street until a short time ago entirely of stately lawns and patrician homes. Mansions. Of late, a little business, shops of the most distinguished character, has been creeping up the street from downtown. Notably, deluxe motor car sales rooms, studios of highly aesthetic photographers, and particularly palatial undertaking establishments they are these last wondrous halls which surely none could enter but those who in life had been rich in treasure features of the city are they sights but here's the riddle strolling about new york from river to river uptown and down one might readily fancy that here only the poor pass out of the world or that if the rich and fashionable ever die their bodies are mysteriously spirited away to destinations unknown or are secretly preserved presumably by some taxidermal process in their homes why well where on fifth avenue is an undertaker's true a man i know declares there is a single one there i'm unable to find it where on any fine street of the metropolis why, yes, is a rare phenomenon. You do know, of course, that enormous place on Upper Broadway. Signs says branches in Paris, London, Berlin, Petrograd. Viewed through the great windows, interior presents somewhat the effect of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. In foreground, large harp, equally huge Chinese vase, probably of the Tang Wang period. On great marble pedestal, enormous bronze of a mounted Diana repelling with spear attack the ferocious animal resembling tiger. Appropriateness of this sculpture, somewhat puzzling. On wall, somewhat further within, immense tapestry, one door labeled delivery entrance. All of this, of course, is magnificence as much as even the most covetous would crave but in new york this august undertaking hall is an anachronism here for some reason mysterious it is in shabby neighborhoods that the parlors of undertakers abound you may find them sprinkled all about the lower east side frequent on hudson street and say on Berwick. quaint and curious places these very human in their appeal tiny places most of them one such cozy crib I know on Greenwich Avenue has a stained-glass screen in the window, suggesting a good deal the style of window ornamentation popular with that American institution lately deceased, the saloon. The social spirit rife in small undertaking shops, at least in some of them, is pleasant to observe. Business there not being pressing, and life moving in these inns of death in a leisurely and quiet current, neighborly amenities appear to be much cultivated. This place of which I speak has, particularly in the evenings, much the air of a club where choice spirits of the locality foregather to discuss politics, it may be, and the more engrossing forms of sport, such as boxing, and perhaps relish a little game at cards. I often pass the place at night and feel a warmth of spirit at the hum of jovial social contact within. I like, too, the way the undertaker's shops of the humble and obscure carry on cheek-by-jowl with the familiar, homely, friendly things of life. This gives death a neighborly sort of air. On my walks in that quarter— i always give a friendly glance to the windows of a cremation association on eighth avenue on one side of it a delicatessen shop on the other a loan office in the basement below a plumber attractive too is it to consider how founders of the tidy undertaking houses have become personages and are held in revered esteem for they are not it would seem like unto those who have established just ordinary businesses this i will show you at a corner of twenty-third street over a telegraph office is an establishment of some caste window legend reads undertakers cremations night and day interments in all cemeteries the last phrase reminds me of the way my old friend james Honecker used to date his letters to me from brooklyn they begin flatbush by the cemeteries, but that's not the point. It's a pity the alert English writer, who recently visited us and discovered a statue of General Grant in Grant Park, overlooking the Blackstone, where nobody had ever seen one before, and that the huge bust of Washington Irving in Bryant Park, behind the New York Public Library, was an effigy of Father George Washington. It's a rotten shame E.V. Lucas missed this corner while here. Because when you go round this corner, you are to look up just above the level of your head, though I'm afraid you neglect to do this. There on a ledge is a grand sight. It's a bust of God. Fact. Anyhow, looks just like pictures of God William Blake used to make. Old gentleman, noble brow, patriarchal beard, flowing out in a pattern of rhythmical waves most realistically mildewed by time and weather but no inquiry reveals that it's a likeness of the founder of this old established undertaking concern then there's that place a short step down eighth avenue it declares on its sign that it is the original house bearing the name of the reverend gentleman who conducts it when you look through the glass in the door you view just within, displayed on an ornamental easel, a life-size crayon portrait enlarged from a photograph of a distinguished-looking person wearing brown dundraery whiskers and a top hat. One corner of the portrait is gracefully draped in an American flag. Yes, you'd be surprised how strong undertakers are on patriotism. Hard by here next door to a dentist advertising painless extraction you find a firm of funeral directors where conspicuous among such ornaments as tall bronze lamps with big shades a spittoon a little model of a casket and an urn is a large bronze bust of abraham lincoln a plate says no charge for rooms or chapels for funerals and above stairs is seen a row of somewhat ecclesiastical stained-glass windows, though we are given to understand by an advertisement that the atmosphere of these chapels is non-sectarian. Then, over on 3rd Avenue, where there are lots and lots of undertakers, is a place, always sitting just within the doorway, very silent, a stout, very solemn individual wearing a large black derby hat and big, round, green-lens spectacles. Above him on the wall, a framed lithograph in colors of George Washington, beside it a thermometer. In the window, a rubber plant. Rubber plants varying in size from infant to elephant are in windows of all undertakers. The symbolism of this decoration I know not. Beside the plant, an infant's white casket, proclaimed by a poster which leans against it, to be composed of purity metal. In some places, the casket, perhaps not of purity metal, is protected by being enclosed in a glass case. The name of the proprietor of this shop is given on his sign, Inzinski. Set in the door frame is the usual night bell and as always in undertakers shops the card of a notary public is displayed next door family shoes are featured only yesterday afternoon i was looking in at the window of an undertaker on second avenue one i had just found along the curb before the door a string of rather frayed and wobbly looking hacks with a rusty black hearse at the head horses to these vehicles drowsy in disposition moth-eaten in effect as to pelt and in the visibility of their anatomical structure suggesting that they might have been drawn by albert Durer in some particularly melancholy mood in groups along the edge of the sidewalk conversing in subdued tones the dickens-esque drivers of this caravan tall and gaunt some short and stout others skirt-coat on one sack coat on another, alike in this, frayed and rusty and weather beaten all, and hard, very hard of countenance, each topped by a very tall and quite cylindrical hat of must shoddy black plush texture. Hangovers, so to say, these figures from New York's handsome cab days, or the time in London of the four wheeler. No, not altogether, there was something piquant, villainesque or jovial, rabelaisian about the pickpockets of that tribe. These solemn mummers strike a ghoulish note, but at the same time, out here in the sane and cheerful sunlight, they don't look real, create an odd impression, strikes you as about as queer, this bunch, as if a lot of actors from a melodrama "'should turn up in the street with their make-up on "'and gravely pretend to belong to real life. "'Perhaps,' I thought, "'there is a funeral or something going on inside "'and I should not be gaping in at the window.' "'Out of doorway pops little rotund man, oily countenance. "'Are you looking for anybody?' he asks. "'Here,' I said inwardly, "'is where I get moved on.' "'No, I told him. I was just observing his window.' "'Ah!' he cried, immensely flattered. He waved his hand back toward a couple of little marble crosses with hearts carved in relief on the base. "'You don't often see that, do you? Do you now? They're sixty years old, made out of a single piece.' But the saddest thing about an undertaker's shops is to go by where was one long familiar to you and find it gone. There was a splendid little place, which it was a great consolation to me to admire. That building is now given over to the enterprise called the Goody Shop. Its lofty dignity and deep eloquence are gone. It looks like a department store, it is labeled, with the blare of a brass band, the home of Pussy Willow Chocolates. End of chapter 3 Recording by Tom Penn